am tired and I need thy strength and power to guide me over my darkest hour. Lord, just open my eyes that getting supplies and I'm, I'm just I'm just thrown backwards seeing what I'm seeing the lifestyle of people Tim I don't it's getting worse I'm trying to say it's it's getting very wicked out there it's getting troubling but by the power of God we have the power to share that good news as you were teaching earlier Connie share the gospel of Jesus Christ they need help I need help I needed help. This is our witness. Lead us and guide us, Lord. Help me to be where you would have me to be and how you would have us to speak in your holy name, in your presence, and your power. Praise God. I am lost if you take your hand from me. I am blind without thy light to see. Lord, just always let me thy servant be. Lead me, O Lord, won't you lead me? Lead me, 
guide me along the way. For if you lead me, I cannot stray. Lord, just open my eyes that I may see. Lead Washing my eyes to see your mouth. 
at a loss for words and the funny thing is it's okay if you could
strength, you're, you're my defender, you're my refuge in the storm.
So tell me what's a little 
Thank you for the offering today, and I want to give uh, praise kindly for what God has done already, and I thank God for the grace and the mercy and the presence of God. I thank you for being here today, and I ask that you pay attention to Bill. Bill's been a faithful brother for a long time, and I know him and Wanda's been sick a lot, and it was good to see him, and good to see him here today, and he, uh, I, I know when God gets on him, he'll be real healthy. So, but I praise God for him. We're off and running. I uh, thank God to be here this morning. I didn't think I was going to make it. I'm glad to see all you visitors. I hope I don't scare you half to death this morning. This message is a tough one. I don't apologize for it. I just pray for strength to deliver it. And I've asked a friend of mine in the back if he'd stand up and give a little word this morning and pray for us. Brother Carl, he's a little older than me, but I'm chasing him hard. 
I, uh, I don't generally wear these things, and they drive me up a wall. Uh, I want to say, first of all, this morning before I start, I love every one of you. And my heart's broke for what I'm going to have to preach here this morning. But I tell you, we serve a righteous God, and he deserves the best that we've got. I don't care where you're at. You may not realize it, but you're on display every day. There's not a day goes by or a minute that you're not displayed before someone through Jesus Christ. I'm going to be preaching in two of the roughest books. I've got some more here that I want to mention, but one of the verses of Scripture I'm going to talk about later on in the service uh, is in the book of Colossians in the old King James, but it's not in most of the newer Bibles. And uh, let me make something emphatically clear this morning. This has bothered me much, and I think it's one of the problems that we've got in the United States today. Our country's in a mess. We're being led by people that have no relationship with God whatsoever. Our country is being given over to ungodliness faster than I've ever seen it before. Our schools are destroyed. Our homes are destroyed. Our way of life won't last another five years unless God moves. Everybody's putting their hopes in Trump. Their hopes ain't in Trump. It ain't in Joe Biden or somebody. Our hopes had better be in Jesus Christ because that's the only one that can deliver us. God set up the Constitution and everything that we have in these states, and we're trampling on it in public right in the face of God. Now, I'm going I'm to preach hard. I'm going to tell you some of the reasons. I'm an old man. I don't deny that. I'll be 83 if I live to July. And everybody tells me, you can't do this and you can't do that. I may not be able to get out here and jitterbug, but I can still waltz to the tune. Glory be to God. I may not be able to breathe and holler and jump as loud as I used to, but I've still got something that's stirred down inside of me that wakes me up sometimes in the middle of the night. Uh, Oh, glory be to God for what I'm feeling here this morning. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I pray this morning that you'll receive this and the reason it's attended. I'm in the book of Jude And I'll be in the book of James. I believe that Jude is one of the hardest books in the Bible to preach. You've got to take it so literal. But I want you to understand this. He says in the fifth verse of Jude, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved his pe- the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them which believed not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going Uh, after strange flesh and set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. 
Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignitaries. Now go over to the 18th verse. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own lust, ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. I'm going to tell you now, and I'm going to get into this. I don't want to offend anybody. And I know there's some people that's been through some of these things here this morning. But America's lost her children. This generation of children that's coming up are going to be so few they won't be able to support churches unless God brings a bunch of people in and wakes up a bunch of us that sit in church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and tolerate the sins that's around us. You say, preacher, you don't have no right. I have every right because God has directed me. After I told Tim that I wanted to preach and I never asked for the pulpit, if I, Tim, I've been here for several years. I've never, I don't think, asked you the privilege to preach. But I want to tell you something. This has burnt me, and ever since I asked him that, uh, I've been fighting with the devil as though I was fighting with an individual that was physical. Monday night I woke up in the middle of the morning there was a darkness in my house that felt like evil itself was in my home. I could not breathe. I was scared. The fear that was on me made me almost want to get up and leave the room, but I could not move, Sue. And I felt like someone had their hand inside of the side of my chest under my arm and had a hold of my heart to where I could feel the inside of my heart coming out and I couldn't talk but I could say Jesus 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 and I pled Jesus there for I don't know how long till finally there was release and it was at that moment that I knew that God wanted me to preach this he's fought me all week but what I'm going to preach about our country, as I said before, is in terrible shape. It ain't going to get no better with the election. Our children are facing a horrible, horrible time if God does not move and it lays with the parents and the elders within the churches to take a stand for holiness. I see some young ladies in here this morning, some boys. I want to tell you something. You're going to be approached by some of these boys and they're going to ask you to do things that ain't right. Some of these girls and some of the others are going to ask you to do things right, unright. They don't want you to, to, to be holy before the Lord. They don't want you to live in a body that's sanctified and set apart for a marriage relationship. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be as blunt as I can. Our nation is killing their children through immorality. We're divorcing because we want habits and then we want to go over here and live together like a pack of hoodlum dogs that goes from house to house. I know that's blunt, but let me tell you something. If sin has consequences and you say it ain't hurting nobody but me, you're a liar on top of being an adulteress or an adulterer. If you put up with that and tolerate it, listen, I've got a son that's retiring this month and he'll tell you if you ask, if he comes to my house, he'll live under my rules. 61 years old and he knows I'll set the rules and he'll obey them or get out. 
I can't whip him anymore. We think it's all right. Any man that asks you to come live with him, young lady, or any woman that wants to ask you to come live with him, they don't love you. They don't love you. They don't have enough respect to take you in public and claim you as a bride or a husband. That's one of the sins. This sin of homosexuality and lesbianism is collapsing this country. We let these people have access to our children in school. God help us. If you've got a child in public school today, mortgage your house and get them into a private Christian school someplace. It's quiet, you're listening. But we're doing exactly what he was talking about in the book of Jude and it was wrote shortly after Jesus Christ was crucified. How fast we forget what Christ has done for us. How quiet, quiet and foolish we are to think that we can get away with it and God winks at it. He's never winked at sin. He will never wink at sin and he'll not have sin in heaven. Over there in one place, he says, Know to him that knoweth to do good in the book of James, uh, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We've got a president and a man running for president that stand and debate like one's got the answers and the other's an idiot. Both of them. You say, this is church. You've got no business preaching politics. Let me tell you something, honey. God was there when they wrote the laws in the United States. God was there when the Constitution was ratified. God was there when the Constitution was written. God was in approximately 90% of the men that had their names on it. You heard the word where it says to return to the old paths. That's what I'm teaching here this morning. My children don't need to hear that. Your children had better hear it. You better give them the uncorrupted truth from the word of God because if you don't, there's a million people standing at the door willing to lead them down the road to lesbianism, to to, uh, homosexuality, to immortality, to moving and living child. Uh, 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 They're sending these child all over the country. They're stealing them left and right. They're using them in sex trades. I'm pardoning for being so blunt, but people's stand idly by and oh I don't want to get involved you are involved you've seen it we've got laws to handle that the laws cannot handle morality it takes prayer it takes prayer it takes living godly living holy before the throne of God it takes weeping and crying for these children. Listen, I drove a truck for 60-some years and I'm still driving occasionally. I've seen these little girls out here on these highways mistreated and abused by men old enough to be their grandfathers. And they say, what's the difference? It's just a 15-year-old runaway. She's a soul to God. I had a got California, some of them got mad at me. I went and got a lady dispatcher. 
and went and got this one girl and we called the county sheriff. And one of the dispatchers come up in there raising holy cane because the sheriff had come down there and got that girl. She'd been wandering around that truck stop for three days. Uh, no change of clothes, no bath from truck to truck as the men would use her. I'm being blunt. We have men in this country that don't have a conscience. And when the law arrested the one she was with, the dispatcher come up there and throw a fit and jumped all over everybody around and raising cane. Uh, uh, she got no you got no business doing that meddling. Uh, uh, now this man's in trouble. This man was close to 50 years old and was a married man. He didn't have no business being there. If it's my daughter, he might have been dead. You say that's strong preaching. I'm telling you, sin is strong. Sin is addictive. These men, are, they're, they're, they go around, and these women, they go around, and all they live for is to drag somebody into the depths of sin. Oh, we glorify them on television. We do this and we do that. Let me go a little farther with this thing. I'm preaching on morality. What you do affects somebody. Man or woman, I, 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 I don't like to use the word I don't care, but I don't care what I'm saying to you this morning. Get a grip if you're involved in it. Get up to the altar and get your heart right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're right, you won't do it anymore. I had a nephew that was killed over here on 42 which is Cincinnati, Columbus Road. He drove a motorcycle into the back end of a car with a bunch of kids. They said they were going 35 mile an hour. He embedded that motorcycle in that trunk, went 60 some foot through the air when he come down on his head and face. He was killed. Did he have a chance to pray? I don't know. But I do know this. I know what sent him there. He was an A student in school. Never a word of problems out of him or anything. And then my brother asked his wife one day, said, do you love me? And she didn't answer him. She wouldn't say it no more. Three little words. They wound up in divorce court with two children. And the one was down there in drug rehab. I went down to see him and talked to him. And I said, Wade, what, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you doing this? You know, he had destroyed his, his, his scholastic abilities. He was into drugs. He said, I'm mad. I said, what are you mad about that would make you do that? Why, why are you that mad? He said, I'm mad at mom and dad because they divorced be careful. Be careful for what you do in front of your children have a tremendous, tremendous effect on them. You say, oh, we're fighting all the time. Then quit fighting. Hey, man, it's just like a fight out here on the street. Sooner or later, you can get wore out from fighting. Just get wore out and quit. Wanda does that. She gets aggravated with me. She'll just walk off in the other room, and then I'm frustrated. You know, I didn't get to finish this fight. Yeah, well, it's over, big boy. 
say, preacher, you're preaching awful hard. You know, I've got all these. Listen, there is no such thing as a harmless divorce. And I'm going to tell you why. Because simply you've broke your vows. And the Bible says that a man or woman that breaks their vows will not be held guiltless. It's not just for divorce. If you go out here and take a vow to go to work for somebody or something, which I don't think they require that anymore. Years ago, some of them did. But you take a vow, God will hold you to that vow. I don't care what the world says you can slip away and get away with it. God will hold you to it. I remember one time, this is funny, I think. I remember one time that I chewed tobacco. I had all the bad habits. You know. I had sat down, drink my beer, leave the chaw in my mouth, just go right ahead. Smoke while I was chewing sometimes, you know. I had it all. And I took a vow, I said, Lord. I'm going to take a vow. I need to quit this chewing. I'm taking a vow that I'll quit chewing tobacco. Do you know how many times that God stuck that right back in my ear? He does not take vows lightly, even if it comes to something as simple as quitting chewing tobacco. And every time I would reach for that, Sue, he would come down on me and say, you took a vow. I took a vow to love my wife. I didn't take a vow whether if she don't fix for me today or don't cook for me. I didn't take a vow that I can, I can break that vow and get away from her. I broke enough of the promises. I didn't have to get to the vows. I done tore up everything with the promises. But I knew when I stood before that preacher that refused to marry Wanda and I in the sanctuary, now listen, folks, some people used to preach this. The old Baptist and holiness people and the, and the fundamental people, they used to preach the holiness of God and the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of men and women and of your children. There's nothing wrong with blistering your child once in a while. Sometimes they need it. I've been tempted to whip Julie a couple of times, but she's not mine. But she's getting great now. She's doing good. But I've spanked my children. I've also had to apologize to them a few times. But I can remember being there that day, brother. That preacher said, I'm not marrying you. He said, I'll marry you, but not in the sanctuary. He said, you're not Christians. And he refused to marry us. The preacher that married my brother that lost his son they wouldn't, he wouldn't even marry them because she was a member of the Baptist church and my son wasn't a member of any, or my brother wasn't a member of anything. He said, you're unequally yoked. It worked out. They divorced. Then their children come down from a happy playing field. Say, well, I just can't live with this person anymore. Then change them. I just, I just can't live with them. You, you don't know how they are. Listen, honey, you ain't never lived to somebody that's bad until you had lived with me before I was saved. I'd leave the house to get a pack of cigarettes and I'd be gone for three weeks at a time. 
Didn't know where I'd been, what I'd done, or anything else. And I'm not giving glory to the devil. But I'm telling you what God can do. I had a little woman that would stand up to me. I'm six foot, about six foot one back then. I've shrunk. But she'd stand right in my face and refuse to participate in that. Refused it. And her dad would say, if you'll stay with him, Wanda, he'll make a good man for you one of these days. How'd he know that? Mark, he'd been down the same road himself. He'd got under the influence of alcohol and sin and different things, and he knew that the only hope for me was Jesus Christ and him crucified. The only hope, there's not a one of you sitting in here this morning that can conquer the things I'm talking about unless you leave it all with Jesus. You give it all to Jesus. Then you don't do it just this afternoon. You do it tomorrow. You do it tomorrow night. You do it the next day and the next day and the next day. And when you fail, you get back up and say, God, be merciful to me for I'm a sinner. I've failed. God, be merciful merciful to me. God, help my wife to forgive me for the way that I am. People don't like to hear this kind of preaching because it's meddling. There's a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is death. There's a way to build your house, but if you don't build it with God, you're building it in vain. The world can't help you. I can let you lean on my shoulder and cry all night long, but I can't help you. I can pray for you or I can pray with you. It's a whole lot better if we get down and pray with somebody than praying for them because we know at that time there's a change coming. I'm telling you something here today, mother, daughter, uh, uh, father and son, uh, husband and wife. I want to tell you something this morning. If God, and you could take this, I believe it's prophetic. If God doesn't do a mighty work and there's a mighty change of attitude in this country, we won't have the United States in eight years from now, maybe even five. I went to Home Depot yesterday and I got four pieces of, or six pieces of stone to put under a thing. I'm going to fix it to house, which I know I'm too old to fix it, but I'm going to fix it anyway. I'm too old to be doing that hard work, shoveling and stuff, but I'm going to do it anyway, Lord willing. And I got home and this young lady was very nice there that waited on me. She was maybe 22, 25 years old. The older I get, the harder it is to guess because you all look like kids in here anyway. I never knew that 18, 20-year-olds could grow beards like some of you's got on. So I was on the little cart. I do ride it sometimes because if I walk much, my back bothers me. And... Uh, I got home, I pulled the bill out of my pocket, and I said, paint rollers, two pieces of concrete, whatever they called it. I looked on down through there. What happened to the other four? She didn't charge me for them. So I get up, 
And I drive back up to Home Depot. It's no big drive. I mean, two miles. And I go back in there. She's still working. Sweet as could be. Just as nice as could be. And I said, hey, uh, I, di I didn't pay you for those four pieces of tile. She said, well, I, I had two in the basket. And I had to sit two on the floorboard because I was afraid the basket would break from them. She said, well, I seen them, but I, di I just didn't say anything to you when you... You went on out. She thought I was taking them. And uh, she said, I, I just don't worry about it. I said, no, no, no. I said, I don't think God would send me to hell for $4, but I don't want to take a chance. <laughs> but you know what? $4 is no worse than $4 million. Or is as worse as $4 million. I'll get it right. So what do you think? What's the answer for all this, preacher? The first answer is, if you're caught up in any of these sins that I'm talking about, and I'm not just talking about marriage, I'm talking about sitting and watching stuff on television you ain't got no business watching. Say, oh, now you're really meddling. What I do in my house is my business. Well, God's seeing it. Why shouldn't I meddle with it if he puts it on my heart? The Bible says if you look on a woman to lust and lust in your heart, you're as guilty as you would be if you committed the act. And don't tell me, and now listen, I'm 83 years old, but I can tell you, still tell you when a pretty woman walks across the stage on that television set. I'm not stupid. I can go in here and I can look at some of you men and women in here and I can tell you something. You've got good wives. You've got pretty wives. You've got beautiful wives. You say, oh, you don't know my wife. But that doesn't take away from the natural beauty. I do know this. I don't see how she's that pretty living with as ugly a man as some of you are. <laughs> of course, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm meddling now. Why am I saying all these things? Because I've searched and I've searched and I've searched and God started me with two scriptures. And as I go back through these things, I read the 107th Psalm. Sometimes I think we ought to read that Psalm more than we do. And it talked about the sins of men committed, the same exact words and the forgiveness that was given by God, the same exact words in four different sets of verses. In the same psalm, four times. God must have been trying to tell us something about forgiveness. Huh? I, I've not kept you away yet till the crowds get going. He goes on in the 20th verse of Jude. And if I had to give you the way Tim does here and laid this out if I'd have known how to do that without losing my place all the time I'd have had you here for revival six months from now because most of the time I've only got one or two scriptures but I want to tell you something with all my heart I love you I, 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 I have been through so much in the last two and a half years and my wife's having her trouble right now but we got COVID and everybody said there wasn't nothing to it. But both of us wound up with COVID in our lungs. 
She wound up in the hospital for 10 days. I wound up down there for four, but I lost my mind. It affected my mind. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, let me tell you something. When they're taking your wife out of your house on a, on a, a, a what do they call them things, Sue, that the, on attorney, and you're sitting there in a chair saying, did you fix my breakfast? There's something wrong with you. You've lost your mind. And that's it. She's down there in that hospital, and the only communication, I couldn't visit her. She couldn't visit me, and that's when it was bad. She's never been the same. She's had trouble breathing and everything ever since. And uh, she gets frustrated because she can't do her housework. She can't do different things. And now something's happened. Uh, the, the, right after the COVID, her teeth uh, rotted, and she lost a bunch of her teeth uh, just within weeks. And not just one, they were six went at one time. And now she's having more trouble with her teeth. A year later, I had to, I got the vaccine and had the COVID again, January and January. Then the following fall of that same year, I got viral pneumonia in my lungs. And I was down for three months, almost five. But God knew this had to be preached today. I'm here today, Sue, I believe because of that. But he taught me, God will talk to you if you'll listen. He'll show you the things you're doing wrong. One of the biggest things I was doing wrong was I was depending on doctors to get me out of trouble. And I sat there that one night and I couldn't sleep and I'm sitting there thinking about God and thinking about the Word of God and he come to me and he said, you've got a pacemaker. I said, yes, sir, I have. He said, that's to keep your heart beating, isn't it? I said, yes, it, it goes down, it'll quit if I don't have that. He said, well, why are you taking blood pressure medicine that slows down your heart? I'd been sick ever since I had the pneumonia. I fought that sinus suit till it was killing me. He said, quit it. I said, I'm quitting it. I'm quitting the allergy medicine. And I'm also quitting all the antibiotics. It's got me so sick from the antibiotics. I quit them. My sinuses cleared up. I ain't took hardly anything. I mean, I've got a nose spray if I get clogged up just a little bit. Cleared up. I'm feeling better than I've felt in years. I'm getting some of that stamina back that I'd lost before. I couldn't have talked like this last year uh, for nothing. I, didn't, I couldn't hardly hold on a conversation for long. And let me tell you the biggest one, and it's what we're all guilty of. You go to the doctor, here's a pill. You go to the doctor, here's a pill. And they'll give you prescriptions for stuff that'll take your house away from you, the price of them. I was on Prozac because I was so hyper. They had me on Prozac, and I was irritable. I'm still irritable. You can tell that by listening to me. <laughs> Lay that down. Oh, you've got to come off of that stuff. You've got to taper. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. I never felt the Spirit of God for years, Sue. The whole time I was on that, I couldn't feel the Spirit of God. No tears, no compassion. No pity for people that were in terrible shape. A few weeks later, I felt my tears again. Priceless. 
You can laugh at me for being a man crying all you want to, but tears before God are priceless. You know why? Because he bottles them and saves them to remind him of your needs and what he's brought you through. I'm going to tell you the solution for all this. John 3.16 is a start, but that's not the one I want to go to. I want to go over that one I told you about in Colossians. Well, I want to go to James first. In the fourth chapter of James, the eighth verse, he said, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. The 15th verse, everybody makes fun of me because I quote it often. For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this and do that. But now you rejoice in your boasting. You say, I'll be there tomorrow. And you decide if, well, I've got something else to do, you don't go. You just lied to whoever you told that to. Or if God changes it, if you'd have said your will, God would have taken it up. But now you rejoice in your, all such rejoicing is evil. 17th verse. This is a tough one. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him it is sin. Say, well, I really felt like going over there and visiting so-and-so at the hospital, but I just, I, I, I was tired that day. You knew to do good, and you didn't do it. Maybe that prayer that you would have prayed at the hospital that day would have brought them out. I went to the hospitals when I was so down and didn't want to go. And when I got there and got to talking to people, they would cheer me up. I remember when Carl had his heart attack, we went down there to visit him. And my man, he was ready to go to heaven. He wasn't interested in talking about being healing or letting the doctors work on him. He wanted to go to heaven. I remember Larry talking to him not too long before he passed away. And he was so full of grace that night when I talked to him, Cindy. He didn't have the cancer yet that he knew of. And he said, Bill, I've been reading. And he said, I, I'd like to go to heaven today. He said, if it, I'd like to go to heaven today. But something was holding him. What do you think it was? I think that was before this big ornery thing in the sound booth came along. Because he needed to know that somebody was going to be there for his family. There's a time to weep. Time to cry and a time of sorrow. I'm going to tell you what the Lord showed me about all these problems we've got in our nation right now. And friend, they're not going to get any better if we don't do these two things. Half of the people in this country that's in church don't hear the gospel. Maybe two-thirds of them. They never hear the gospel preached. They don't hear this kind of preaching. They're motivators talking to you, making you feel good. I don't want to make you feel good because if you've got sin in your heart, you need to get that dirty, rotten thing out of there and the only way to do it is through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
Don't expect me to condone uh, doing things that I know deep within my heart and by the word of God and by the witness of the Holy Ghost that it's sin. Don't expect me to congratulate you on it. You say, well, I don't need yours anyway. I know, but I need to tell you sometimes. In the first chapter of the book of Colossians, Thirteenth verse. Let's go back to the twelfth. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom, this is the verse that's taken out of a lot of these new Bibles, in whom we have redemption, through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now take that verse out of there. What happens to you fail? Do you just call sin a mistake? Do you find you a church that won't preach you the truth? Do you find somebody that's a setting a minister over five, six thousand, ten thousand people, one man? He can't pastor that many people. Only God is able to do that. Tim's got his hands full right here. But he needs all of our help. We need to be praying for him every day. We fail to pray for our pastor. And face it, folks, if you look at Tim today and you look at him a few years ago when he took that, took that job, look how God has moved and moved upon this church. And I'll tell you right now, I had confided in my wife, uh, if Tim had not been changed, God changed his mind to take this church, and they brought an outsider in as big of a church this is with the way J.D. had won all these people, this church would have split wide open. Say you can't say, I can say it, I believe it by the word of God. I believe it because it would have brought in confusion. And you can't have confusion in a church. These spirits that come in here and try to work on people and try to cause confusion, they try to cause hard feelings one between another. We need to be on the altar every time we feel that, whether we do it at our seat or we come forward. When we feel that against somebody, get it out of your system and get it under the blood for the blood the bloodline the bloodline cannot be crossed by the enemy I seen a girl one time not too far from here in church that was demon possessed uh, and I'm telling you I was down praying with her at the altar her face would change it looked like her teeth would grow and she would jump within that close to my face with her mouth open wide like she's going to bite me and I would say you can't cross the blood and that would stop her. So you don't know that. Well, you can say what you want to, but I was there. What I'm telling you is truth. We have redemption only through his blood. Only through his blood. John said God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. But something happened at that giving. That blood had to be spilled at that giving in a specific way. That blood had to be taken to the throne room in heaven and presented to God for the forgiveness of sins. And it was such pure blood and so complete that it come from his perfect son who had never known sin that it's enough to cleanse us throughout eternity. That's good preaching, folks. I don't know whether you want to admit it or not. Let's go on over here a minute. I'll have you wore out. I am about. I ain't quitting until God's done. In the book of Hebrews, it's a great book. We get faith. The faith without works is dead. You can say, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and I believe he died. But do you accept his atoning work in your heart? He can save the world. And if you don't ask him to come into your heart, you can die lost. Then you can be like the ten virgins. Five of them had enough oil in their lamp to keep moving. The other five had to go back for a refill. Huh? It's too late then. The wedding was going on. You got a chance today to go to the refill. Huh? What's the refill? Jesus Christ and him crucified. The blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. He said in the 13th chapter, marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I just thought I'd throw it in there for nothing. Are with me. I'm going to have to get this one out. Ah, I had the right chapter. I was going to read this 1 through 14, but I don't think you can stand it. Julie, you want to come up here and read it for me? Or you was going to take my prayer? Yeah, remember, you used to go around here running around and preach like I preached. You don't want to do that no more, huh? Oh, you want to send the deacon up here. Uh, let me read you some of it. Chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are so also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the wraith that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author the one who wrote this out, the one who planned this out and finisher of our faith. I know I didn't pronounce Arthur right, but you ought to hear me pronounce Amulance. You caught that, didn't you, Anna? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your mind. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. That's strong preaching there. Sin has to go or you won't. Sin has to go or you won't. Say, preacher, you don't know the hard times I'm having. You have not yet resisted unto death. Betty, I know you don't feel like it, but I'm going to ask you to sing that song about Job again. We ought to practice what Job practiced. And we ought to lay it all before the Lord. Then all these that criticized and gave you false doctrine will one day be like they were. You'll be praying for them like Job was for his so-called friends. Somebody that encourages you in sin or encourages you to do and live the things that you're living and doing, you say, preacher, you're speaking like some of us is guilty. I guarantee you there ain't a man, woman, child in here that don't have sin in their life from day to day. It comes and it goes but it must be dealt with when it's there. Are you going to look to the blood and look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith? You realize this, don't you? That the verse that I read there before that said, of the shedding of the, talked about the blood for our redemption that the same one over here is the guy that planned on doing that and did do it. God has a plan. And I'm telling you, listen, you may be mad at me and you may decide I ain't preaching, I ain't never coming back to that church, just a bunch of old fools over there believes in that book. I've never found one thing in that book and I've been through it a time or two. I've never found one lie in the book. I've never found one thing that God's told me to do that he hasn't stood by his word, Duran. Amen. Somebody sang last night on Daily and Vincent's a part of a hymn. When they did, I felt the spirit of God run over me and it was totally unrelated. But I knew that God wasn't going to leave me and he wasn't going to forsake me. And some of you here this morning, you may think I've made a fool of myself, but let me tell you something. I'll give you what God put on my heart. It's up to you what you do with it. But don't stand up and say that I never heard the truth because I'll hold my hand to God. I'll give you the best I could this morning. I don't claim to be anything, but I am what I am by the grace of Almighty God. And let me tell you something else. In his eyes, you may not like me. You may not like what I preached, but in the eyes of God, I'm something special. I'm something special. And so are you. And so are you. And so are you. If you'd have been the only person left on earth that didn't, have a Savior, Jesus would have still died for you. 
Amen. You say, oh, I've done things I can't be forgiven for. I'm not going to take down the encyclopedias and tell you the things that I've done because there's no record in heaven. I know part of them, but part of them I don't because I didn't know where I was at or what I was doing. But thanks be to God, when the cars was wrecked and the fights were over and the different things that I was into was over, uh, there was a Savior that reminded me when I got saved. Uh, do you remember that time you pulled alongside the road uh, out in Arizona and somebody come rushing behind you that I told you to move and you got up and moved and I saved you? Do you remember the time that you laid down to go to sleep in that old truck and I told you don't stay here get up and move do you remember the time that you got caught in the traffic and you were so mad about it you couldn't stand it but three minutes down the road there was a terrible accident and you'd have been right in the middle of it let me tell you something God is an all seeing he's an all knowing he's all wisdom he's all in all because he's God almighty and he's full of glory and his son Jesus went to the cross that I can preach this here today and be thankful you're not sitting on the front view I'm spitting all over everything in the 25th verse of the 12th chapter of Hebrews this will be my last verse. See that you fears not him that speaketh. For they escape not who refuse him that spake on earth. Much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. May God have mercy on our souls. I love you all. And I hope you take these to heart and let the Holy Spirit minister grace and peace and health to you. For you'll never have peace if you've once known the love of God and you've turned away. You'll never have peace if you've accepted Christ and you've let sin enter into your life. I love him. Vicky, I love him, I love him, I love him. And I'm so thankful to be here this morning. I just give him praise and honor and glory. And may God touch your hearts richly in Jesus' name.
you should just curse God. Yes, curse God and die. But Joe's rolled up in ashes and looked to the heavens. He brushed back all the tears from his eyes. He said, Lord, give up, he taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I served him before and I'll serve him today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When troubles come silently, blessed be the name. When strong warmth flow violently, oh, blessed be the name. When Satan is pressing me, oh, blessed be Here. 